Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Nerd Nest Podcast. We have a full crew today. We've got myself, we've got Rich, we've got Rust, we've got Carrie, and we've got a special guest. We've got Jimmy. Hello, Jimmy. How you doing today, man? Hey, guys. Good. How are you? We didn't just talk for like 15 minutes before this. Totally. <laughs> no, we didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's always, whenever you're doing a show, you always have to, like, there is that, that conceit Warm of... You know, this is where the conversation starts, and there's a, been a warm up before then. Although a lot of times we just we just hit the round running and don't get a chance to to really chat beforehand, especially during the live shows. But uh, uh, Jimmy, what have you been up to, man? It's playing a lot of games, really. Like it's I moved to Michigan back to where I grew up, like in uh, June, and now it's winter and i have nothing to do so i've just been like <laughs> busy work making so many videos and just playing games and then going to the gym that's like my routine it's like video game gym and that's all i've been doing pretty much every day it's all bleeding together <laughs> uh, what have you been playing uh snow runner which you can't get enough I, snow apparently yeah yes. yeah right <laughs> well yeah make good I, choices I like jimmy runner <laughs> But they improved so much stuff for SnowRunner that I kind of can't go back to MudRunner, so I'm, like, dealing with the cold weather levels. But they actually have a lot that aren't set in winter for some reason. They just, like, made it MudRunner 2. I played a ton of it when it came out, but I just got a racing wheel. I got the, like, Logitech G923 or whatever. They have such bad naming. And then <laughs> I was, like, getting so frustrated yesterday playing it because you have to, like, switch gears a lot to, like, low gear, first gear, low gear. And so I had the controller next to the racing wheel because I couldn't map it right on the wheel. And then I was like, screw it. So I went to Best Buy and I got the, like, gear shifter. So I've got, like, a full <laughs> dashboard nice. at my desk now. That's and then, how yeah, it starts. I've been playing... Yeah, I've been playing Monster Hunter Rise because I finished Dragon's Dogma and I wanted more of that type of combat. So I was like, oh, I'll go back to Rise. I never like finished that on Switch. Sick. And it's awesome on Steam Deck. Yeah, I have about 50 hours on the Switch in Monster Hunter Rise. I think I have 150 hours on the wow. Steam Deck because it's just such a it's so good. such an addictive gameplay loop. Yeah, I played the PSP ones and it's like, oh, they like added a bunch of little stuff, but it's like the same game that I was playing in high school. And I'm like really happy about that. I feel like I missed out on all of the earlier ones because I never played it until Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. Um, okay. I think because they did a remake on the Switch and I played that and I thought it was really cool, but I didn't get into yeah. it. And then Monster Hunter World came out and that one was like holy cow this is gorgeous and i played it on my ps4 and i really really like that but monster hunter rise i feel like is the it's the pinnacle in my opinion of the ones that i've played so far that's one of the one that's the my favorite 
you can just get into it so quick. Like you just start it up, you're in your first hunt, and then there's no like preamble, no cutscenes, nothing. It's just like play the game, and I'm like, okay, I can deal with that. That's fun. I played in bed a lot. <laughs> nice. I feel like the, the lore for Monster Hunter, like uh, adjacently, right? Like I don't really play it. I have played it, but never got into it. And I just feel like the people that are like live Monster Hunter day in and day out, and show like gifs of them what they've done, like just this big choreographed scene yeah. of a giant monster and the guy's like grappling hook and he's like doing this spin move and slams <laughs> him on the head and i was like that looks amazing and then i go and i'm playing and it's just like a bunch of dialogue that i'm sitting through for the first hour and i was like <laughs> what's going on where's the spinny hammer thing <laughs> and uh yeah so i like i watched that and then you know all the lore of people like oh he's not a he's not a sax playing monster hunter and i'm like what 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 is a sax player and then it's like the uh, what's the name? Jack Black. You can see him doing the um, the toy saxophone thing on Jimmy Fallon, but they like put it as Monster Hunter. And I'm like, what the hell is all of this? Like, there's this whole lure of Monster Hunter stuff that I like at a surface level I can't see. It's like that total um, uh, glacier. Uh, what is it? Oh, the, the iceberg, iceberg thing. Yeah, the yeah, iceberg. Like, like does. I, yeah. I can see like that, and then there's this whole deepness of Monster yeah. Hunter stuff that I just have no clue about. But I feel like there's a lot there that I'm missing. Capcom is very bad at teaching the player about their own game. Uh, so yes. if you want to learn to play that game, you gotta watch. You gotta watch videos. Oh, tons of YouTube. I, Same with Dragon's I, Dogma. So I will say this: there's um, it's kind of sad. So uh, Final Max Storm, he used to write for RPGSite.com or RPG. I I apologize. He passed away from cancer, but I mm. saw his player playing in Monster Hunter World. Like his like guy was just like doing something. And I was like, oh man, like I just like saw his character, you know, they just kind of put ghost characters in there. Like, so you yeah. Can, I, yeah. but he's in my friends list. So he popped up and I was just like, oh man, that's, that's wow. rough. Wow. Um, that's kind of an adjacent thing, but yeah, it's <laughs> a little bit sad. Sorry for the bummer guys. That's okay. <laughs> that's all right. Um, it's good to remember our friends. Uh, Carrie, what have you been playing? So I have been playing something along the lines like Monster Hunter. I've been playing Pal World, but the Xbox Game Pass version. And from what I've been hearing on Twitter, the Steam version is like 1.0.2.0. And the Game Pass, Game Pass version is 1.000. So there are like fixes in the Steam version where it's not as janky as the Xbox version. But the Xbox version... Like for me, when I'm playing it, so I'm six hours in. I have a base. Well, my second, I move my base, so I have like technically my second base. It's like level eight or whatever. Uh, I beat the first champion. I have very mixed feelings on this because on a surface level, the game feels like an asset flip with a whole bunch of mixed in things. Like you can build, you can like create a glider for yourself, uh, much like the Breath of the Wild glider that everyone started to do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, there's like building aspect stuff. So it's like got a bunch of mixed in stuff that they put in there. And then the Pokemon side of it, a lot of people are upset. Like the Pokemon Nintendo fan base are real upset with what's going on there. I don't really have strong opinions on, on that side. The whole, like getting them and, you know, capturing them with Pokeballs and stuff or pal balls, whatever they call them. It's all like cool enough. The progression and the play testing, I think has been really dialed in really, really well which is juxtaposed against all of the surrounding accoutrement of the game. Like, I've had 
parts where I'll just be running and my character will just start T-posing around. <laughs> and I'm just like, where did that come from? And then, you know, you go into like you're running and you go up to a mountain face and he'll just like grapple on and start like doing this weird climbing mechanic that doesn't really match the surface of the wall. So IK, uh, inverse kinematics of where the hands placement and stuff doesn't exist. So there's like lots of things that just feel grafted on and non-complete. So it feels half-baked in a lot of places, but the whole playtesting and going through it feels really well done. Like going up to the first um, local champ, uh, that was a tough battle. That was a real tough battle. I beat it by the skin of my teeth. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people got there or multiplayer and stuff. So I'm of mixed minds on it. I think yeah. that overall it has like a lot of neat ideas that feel half-baked, but the general play testing of the game has been done well enough for like all that other stuff. If it got fixed would be pretty, like would be excellent. But yeah. right now it, it feels like my first Unreal five game, like, you know how, like, you know, like the game devs are like, you know, a person who's never made a game in the before in their life, there's like, I'm going to make an MMO. <laughs> so like, yeah. All right, I guess go do that. And they just used Unreal Engine. And uh, that's how it feels right now. So Did it's it feel good... really framey to you? Because I, so I tried it on the Xbox as well, and it felt very stuttery almost. Yeah, so it's it's not, it's really not good. Like, it just feels... Like, all of the stuff of, like, making the game and optimizing the game yeah. was, like, put on the back burner. And the only thing that they did was progression, playtesting, like, how how that, uh, you know, when you're building stuff and how they yeah. show it being built. The and gameplay the time. loop. Yeah, the gameplay loops mm. are all well-designed enough that they keep you going to the next carrot, right? So they okay. that part is done well. And, the like... Like, they put, like, a level 35 Pokemon monster that you cannot fight. But it's just, like, try it and die and see what happens. But it's, like, you know, kind of like um, from software type of, like, you make a left turn and, you know, you're going to get your, your ass handed to you. So it, it kind of has this thing where it's very clearly defined in terms of how the RPG scope of it works and how very, very uh, clear that whole scope is. Uh, but, man, if it just... Like using the glider, for instance, like I'll climb up an entire rock wall and I'll be at like half stamina, but I'll like jump and use my glider and like two seconds later, I'm out of stamina. I'm just like, how yeah. does that, it doesn't like, I don't, that glider barely helps me. The only thing that glider does is like stop fall damage and not actually glide. Mm. Okay. What were you going to say, Rich? No, it just sounds like, you know, what Carrie's describing is they nailed the gameplay loop, but the production or like the polish is missing. It's, and yeah, gone. Thankfully, like that's hopefully that's something that they can fix over time. Whereas, you know, you get the gameplay loop wrong. It's a little harder to fix that after release. Is this is this an early access release? Is it called early access? So, yeah, on Xbox it is early preview. So like it has that to to kind of save it, I guess. Yeah. Uh but man, it's um it's hard to recommend right now. And with all it's super controversial for some reason right now. Like awfully controversial well there's a lot there's a lot there right in the discourse that we're not going to be able to cover here so first of all it is i, I also you said it's on early access on xbox it is also early access on steam i just checked 
But yeah, they're so like the the CEO of the studio has made comments about generative AI, yeah, like in right. favor of them, and so like you know, it's not just is it deriv- derivative of Pokemon, but also like did he did they use generative AI to make these designs? And so people have at this point just claimed that they have, where that hasn't been proven. And then there's also yeah, like I saw that like where people were just like stating that as fact all weekend, right? To the point where yes. I was like, oh well, that's pretty weird. And then you read into it, and no one can really prove it at all. Yes. And, like people have been scrutinizing it. Yes. So, like yeah, if they are, that sucks. But like, feels like it's everyone's trying to find a reason to take it down on yeah. Twitter at least. Yeah. Yeah, and that's interesting too, right? Like, because we may like this. This may just be like the first sign of things to come this may be the horse armor right of of generative (laughs) ai because whether or not they are using it i think what you just said you can't prove it that might be indicative of like things to come right like even games that do clearly use generative ai we may never be able to prove whether they do or don't and that just is going to be a problem so the one thing that i would say that i don't think that any of the like i think that the characters are heavily inspired by pokemon yeah uh, easily like there's lots of stuff but there are very custom animations that they do for instance when you have a base there's a uh a forge that you need to do to you know make other garbage to build other garbage uh, you know as you would in these games um but you need a flame-based pal to actually ignite it so you have to like equip you know put that person into the base like make him work on that base and then like i had like a little mini dragon guy and he would come like wander over and then just start blowing fire into it and it doesn't look generative ai like when he's doing that whole bit you know what i mean like it's not like if they use generative ai to like make the base model and then did all of the hand animation afterwards okay but there's definitely work that's yeah. been done here that's outside yeah. the scope of what generative ai can do yeah, I would bet it wasn't even that, right? Like, I would bet it's more like concept art, not like not even right. a 3D model. Like, they probably, yeah. if they did, they used it to, for concept art. And then, mm-hmm. to your point, they had to model all of that. They had to rig all of that. They had to animate yeah. all of that. Um, and I'm not here defending Power World. I have my own problems with, with um, <laughs> like, yeah, the CEO's comments in general. But it, it does seem like people were pretty quick to just react rather than look into any of it they were just reacting to what they found to be a problem yeah i mean at, at the surface level for it to be as successful as it is at like a core like my gut says it should not be as successful as it is after playing it right i'm like yeah. there's this game doesn't deserve the success it's it's getting that <laughs> there's is that, part. that is my base feeling and yeah. that is and i know I, like a lot of my negative sentiments come from that um, but then again, like what does, right? Like a, a lot of times, like block the quote unquote blockbuster, most mainstream stuff, like it's not necessarily the stuff that resonates with me. Um, but yeah, whereas I would love like outer wilds to be as big as power world is, that's just not, that's never going to happen. You know what it makes me think of is no man's sky. Like that's a game mm-hmm. where a lot of people put a lot of tension into it in the very beginning. Right. And it wasn't ready. Uh, but because it got so much initial attention, like it got improved to the fact that it was a good game. And yeah. I feel like Power world is kind of getting that same amount of momentum where most games don't get that at all. You know, like they just kind of die out if they're not going to be good. This one seems to get so much attention now that it's probably going to become a good game. I I can definitely see that. It's currently the the number one for the twenty four hour peak concurrent whatever on Steam. It's number one. Like that's crazy. Uh, I just tried to bring it up on screen. It didn't 
it didn't go for some reason, so I'm not going <laughs> to fight with it. Um, it's really, really popular. I, is it going to be a flash in the pan, though? Like, you look at these games that that come out, and, like, they're super, super popular, and then just vanish, and nothing mm-hmm. ever happens with them. Like, yeah. people are going to get mad at me. Like, Valheim. Valheim I loved. I played it like crazy when it first came out. You never hear about that anymore. Yeah. I you know, there's probably like the the survivor games that come out that uh make a big splash and then kind of go away. And I haven't played Valheim, but um well, I have played a bit of Valheim, but not enough to actually form an actual opinion on it. And I feel like Pal World at its current state right now, it needs a lot of work to really improve to get to a point wherever it is and i i say this only from the part i'll I'll kind of encapsulate like wrap this up but i hate grinding in games and a lot of this is a lot of just a big old grind fest and like making your base getting other stuff to help make your base uh getting materials like mining materials to do other stuff so this has this whole grinding loop in there that um at first i was okay with because like you can they are accelerating that because you can put down like stone quarries and like lumber mills and have your pals mine that stuff for you, which I feel like is necessary in these types of games. Because if I had to do it all myself, which No Man's Sky did initially, but thankfully in No Man's Sky, I don't know if you guys know this, in the option setting accessibilities or whatever or difficulty, you can actually turn off resource management of all kinds. So you can just like skip getting resources in No Man's Sky and just enjoy going out into space and building without any limits. Um, which I feel like is made No Man's Sky much better for me to play. So I, I don't know. I think that's what kind of happens with these things. Is you just have a, the, like that niche of people that just love grinding for whatever reason. And just like, I'm going to spend eight hours today mining stuff to like build another section of my fortress. I don't know. Uh, there's an appeal to it that doesn't appeal to me, but I think appeals to like a, a select few. And it's probably just going through its its own hype cycle. Yeah. Well, speaking of hype cycles, last week I mentioned Prince of Persia, and Rich, you've been playing Prince of Persia. Um, like we had a whole conversation about whether or not it was worth the money. Did you buy it, or are you just playing the demo? I bought it, and I'm playing the emulator version on Steam Deck. And I think Rust, you're basically doing the same thing, but I'm guessing I you're am. not playing on Steam Deck. Did you play on Ally, or what are you playing? I'm playing on, on the Odin Two right now uh, nice. because Odin Two has a 1080p screen and it runs well. You can play it docked, so I'm playing it in 1080p. Wow, uh, a little handheld, so it's amazing. Yeah, I'm gonna say I and I paid the sixty dollars, not the fifty dollars. I paid the sixty dollars to get the three day early version, which I don't recommend doing. It's not, you know, but I mm. did it. And it was worth it to me. It's worth the $60. It is. So I think it's like a 20 hour game. I have about five, six hours in, I'm about 20% in. So, uh, in terms of like the, when you, uh, select your save, it says 20%. Um, so it's, it's chunky and it's a really good Metroid Metroidvania. Like the skills are good. The combat system is excellent. You can get really creative with the different combos where you can like keep a person in air. And then there are other like enemy types that you can't launch into the air or it's much harder to launch in the, into the air. So they just, they just did everything right. Right. Like they have varied enemy design, lots of different like areas to explore. And it just nails that like Metroid exploration. It, it's, it's just a lovely game. Yeah, I would, I'd add, too, that, like, um, you know, they do a really good job in just, 
the first, you know, yeah, the length of it, I think it just feels a little bit overwhelming, but there are so many checks and balances in place to improve that experience. So for example, uh, you have the ability to save like a screenshot of various areas. Be like, I'm stuck in this area. I know that I need another skill to get to it. You can make a screenshot and it'll save it in your map. So you can go back to the map and not only do you see that spot, but you see a screenshot that you took of it yep. to say, okay, oh, that's where that place is. I can go back there now, you know. And then also there's that's a cool. bunch of accessibility options really as well. Cool. So you can choose like how much of the screen, like how many indicators you'll get. If you want to just explore it without anything like flashing, you can do that. Or you can say, oh, no, I want it to flash when there's something that I can interact with. And so there's just levels that you can do to make it easier or harder on yourself. And I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, I remember playing Metroid Dread, which is probably the most recent um, game in this genre uh, that, you know, is was in the zeitgeist. And there was a spot where I think a lot of people got stuck because there was like you had to shoot a floor with a missile or something. And there was nothing to indicate in that spot that, hey, shoot this here. I, I don't think I got stuck there i think i I probably ended up shooting it by accident or something um Mm. so i never ran into that brick wall but i heard a lot of people like they get to a point and they were just like i I don't i don't know where to go i don't know what to do and the idea that you can put, put like put in those extra assists to say hey you walked past this thing eight times maybe try this you know i think that that's that's a, a a good thing yeah. The only complaint I have about the game is that because the maps are just so broad and there's so many things to do, there are points where you're at a crossroad, you have to go left or right or whatever, and you go left and it just keeps, you, you know, you always think to yourself, okay, I'll go one way and then if it's a dead end, then I'm good, right? I'll mm-hmm. go the next way. And then often, like, what I found is that both ways will have a lot to show for it. And so then I start getting this, like, I don't know, feeling a dread or something. I'm like, oh, am I going the right way? Am I doing this right? And so it gave me a little bit too much freedom, you know, in just some certain ways where I was like, I want it to only be able to, like, I want to only go in one way until the game unlocks the other ways kind of thing. And it feels like there's a little bit too much freedom for me in that regard. Like, there's just a little bit too much. But it's a really small complaint, you know. It's a really fun game. Uh, so they're really jumping on that idea really quick, uh, Russ, is... <clears throat> there's uh when achievements really started to like to find their path <clears throat> i feel like a lot of games in like the 360 ps3 era had this thing where like you had 100 percent item collectability and you would mm. be like almost have this idea like you'd walk down some stairs and you'd be like let me just see what's underneath that flight of stairs and it's just like i gotta see if there was something there yeah and uh whenever you make a turn there, the fear that I have is, am I going the right way? If I am going the right way, did I miss something by going this way? And should I head back that other way? Hmm. Uh, so I feel like <clears throat> along your same lines, I wish that game devs, especially in a Metroidvania, that they don't let you travel down a path too long without giving, like having an item that you do not yet have yet stopping you from progressing. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish that they did that a little bit. Like, I understand that that's hard to do in, you know, map making, map making and like how you're going to traverse everywhere. Uh, but yeah, there, I have that same like gut guttural, like, Oh no, am I, yeah. am I doing the right thing right now? Yeah. I think the game that I played that reminds me the most of like the best way to do it was actually Shadow Complex. That's one of my favorite Metroidvania games if you guys ever played on Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah. And I just, I loved that game because it was so linear until it would open up the other parts. And I really like that. 
I, I like the open-ended nature. I will say for Prince of Persia specifically, they do have like a quest log and that's helpful too because they give you the main quest and the side quest and the main quest will tell you like, oh, you have to go to this area to, mm -hmm. to do this. So you know kind of basically where you're supposed to be uh, to, to kind of open up the desired like the main path i could i would say uh, but i like going on my own like uh just journeys and discovering yeah. and then trying to like sequence break but it's not really sequence breaking because it's all like intended but thinking i'm clever and doing something different uh, <laughs> is pretty fun i was gonna ask you russ which uh difficulty you pick because they have a cool like they have nice difficulty selections, and I'm guessing. I'm going to answer picked, for yeah. Russ. He's, he's playing with cheats. Go ahead, Russ. <laughs> I'm, playing, right. I'm playing the easiest. Yeah. Well, I don't even know. I just yeah. picked the easiest thing, and yeah. so I have no idea. One thing I will mention too, though, and I don't know if you're encountering this on the Steam Deck, but you know, the Odin 2, the device that I'm using, is an analog trigger, so it's got a full range of input. But mm -hmm. I'm playing the Switch version, which means that it's expecting a digital input. And yeah. so I'm finding that I have to push all the way down the trigger in order to trigger that 100% in order to actually get the motion to move. To move. Yeah. And this is a game that relies on very quick, like one of those is your block button, basically, and your parry button. And so mm -hmm. I found that like I had to go into the Odin settings and change it to a digital input because I wanted just a hair trigger response. And so that was one thing I was curious about on the Steam Deck. Like, how is that working? Like, are you feeling like you have to push the trigger down too much to activate uh that? Or... I haven't even noticed, to be honest. So I okay. I was doing better with parries on the Steam Deck than I was on the Switch, and I don't know why that mm. would be, um, but I am. Um, but... Probably because the triggers are better. <laughs> like it's a more comfortable trigger, I think. Yeah, maybe that's it's possible. It, yeah. Um, but yeah, you can you can of course go into the Steam input settings uh, if you do have that problem on the Steam Deck and like just do what you said, either make it digital or just change the threshold for the trigger. So you have options yeah. with Steam input. Can I can I interrupt real quick? Uh, yeah. Do yeah. any of you guys have this yet? Russ, did you get this yet? King Kong Three. Yeah, I just unboxed it yesterday. It's uh, pretty good. So I'm I'm finished. I've been like trying to finish this up for like a few days. But have you tried the 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 analog switch? I have. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty nifty. So there's like a little switch on the back of here. So it does oh, full. Yeah. It does full analog, yeah. and then you could just flip the switch, and now it's a a digital. Like it's and, a physical change. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. a physical yeah. change and actually operates as such. It's a uh, it's nifty, especially if you're going to be like swapping between you know using it on the Switch or PC. Uh, it's a a solution to a problem that I didn't think was really necessary, but it's cool that they did it. And um, yeah, it's, it goes along with what you were saying. So I was like, yeah, let me just bring this up right now because that would actually have worked perfectly in this instance. Perfect. Yeah. 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 The DualSense Edge has the same thing where it has like these trigger stops that you can pull and it'll make it so that it's like it basically you you pull the trigger and it gets to a certain spot and it just automatically stops and registers your input instantly. So if I'm playing a shooter, I switch it over to that and so like every single pull is almost like I'm just clicking a mouse button. Because it's it's very instantaneous, yeah. and if I'm playing a racing like game, then I turn that off, and you get all that control. What were you saying, Jimmy? I haven't set like that for Monster Hunter because I'm using the bow gun, and it's like single shot. So when you're just spamming the trigger over and over again, mm. it makes your finger tired when you have like the full range. So on the mm -hmm. edge, I have just the right trigger on the like third level, so it's just a tap, and that that's such a good feature. That nice. they had that on the Elite Controller V2, and I always loved that. So I was. That was like the biggest reason I wanted a dual sense edge. I was like, oh, they have the trigger pull. That's awesome. Very cool. That's dope. Do we know um, what the King Kong 3 price is going to be? 
Uh, I don't I know. No I think idea. it's going to be like 70 or 80 bucks generally around wherever they put it. That's how what I anticipate. I don't actually know. Yeah. I will say as far as like just features go, like this thing's got everything. Yeah. Like it's just crazy, you know. And the biggest complaint about the original <laughs> King Kong was the rubbery kind of texture of the controller. This yeah. one's a hard plastic. And so I, I do think it's a lot better. It feels a lot more like an Xbox controller in that regard. That's cool. Yeah. It's – um. I, sorry for the digression there, but uh, no. yeah, it's uh, it's it's really good. It's like uh, I would almost if you're going to get a Switch Pro controller, I would almost suggest getting this over that just because it, it has more features. Switch Pro can, you know, still connect to other platforms over Bluetooth as well. But I just feel like the King Kong 3 controller works and operates as a Switch Pro controller automatically and is more featureful on PC, especially with its uh, they have this little receiver that does a thousand hertz on it. Oh, which I is, love those. Yeah, which is real nice. The only problem I have with it is that going to like 12 feet uh, reception isn't very good. Mm. I was oh, hoping okay. that was so, the name of it. I think the name of it's terrible because it's King Kong, which yeah. already means like a very big monkey, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it's the King Kong 3 Max. Like, why do you need Max? Like, yeah. Isn't King it the King 3. Kong Pro 3 Max? Oh, I don't oh, even geez. know. No, just, like, it's got a lot <laughs> it's of... Terrible. It's like right. the new... Uh, Nintendo 3DS XL Lite. Right. <laughs> that new name was such a terrible name by Nintendo. I don't know who so bad. Pa- that went past by that, but like, <laughs> I feel like that's along the lines of like the PS Portal type of thing, where like this engineer gets this thing. He's like, no one's gonna do this here. Just put a dual sense of this tablet outside of it. Okay, they approved it. They approved it. <laughs> we put new in the front of it. Why would they? Why would they approve that? Why'd you do that? Well, because it matched new Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. just that, like, new 3DS, like, okay. <laughs> like With the little rainbow around it. It's like, right, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. New. Well, you know, we can pick on them all we want, but that <clears throat> thing succeeded uh, very, very well. So I, I think, that thing. Yeah. I think they yeah. did okay. I got the Metroid. Uh, all right. Uh, let's move on. Oh, I'm sorry, Jimmy. What were you saying? Oh, uh, I got the Metroid 2 one. When they remade mm. Metroid Samus Returns, I was like, I got to get... A Metroid custom edition. That's the only special edition 3DS I bought. So I had the, like I was rocking like a old XL, and then I was like, I need the Metroid one. So I got I that have, right at the end of the life cycle. I have so yeah. many special edition mm. 3DSs. I have I know, so like, people many. People buy so many of them. It's a, it's a, it was terrible. It's, I have so many. That does look nice. I, I've never seen the Metroid one, but it looks really nice. You can throw yeah, it on the screen on if that. you want, Rich. All right. Let's do um, it. Because I, I want to see what it looks like, too. Um, I will say that I did not buy that because the Switch had come out, and I was like, I'm done with you. It was like, basically, <laughs> I got the Buzz Lightyear, and Woody, uh, you sick. know, I put Woody aside. Wow, that thing looks really cool. Nice. That is yeah. nice. Um, like the gold back. I thought, I was like, yeah, it was the same situation. I was playing Super Metroid on the 3DS at the time, too. So I was like, I'll get, like, at least two games out of this, and... Yeah, I still go back to the 3DS because it, it's a good way to play the old Pokemon games still. And there's like better support for the like virtual console because it exists on the 3DS yeah. and it's not just waiting for Nintendo to put, you know, the game you want to play on the online service. <laughs> yeah. Audio listeners, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can uh, you can see what this thing looks like because it does look really cool. Very cool. Nice. Um. All right, let's uh, let's jump into the news. And uh, boy, Ubisoft stepped in it this week, like <laughs> big time. 
Uh, their director of subscriptions, although I gotta, I have to be honest, like, what do we expect their director of subscriptions to say? Uh, but he basically said, um, look, people got used to not owning CDs anymore. People got used to not owning DVDs anymore. Um, people just need to get used to not owning games anymore and their lives will be better is essentially the argument that the director of subscriptions was making uh jimmy what do you think about this you're 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 a oh collector right like you collect yeah i mean like it's like a split anger for me because when he's talking <laughs> about dvds it's like no dude like i buy a lot of 4k blu-rays just because they started re-releasing new scans like new full scans of the film for like they did all the halloween movies up to resurrection so i was like i had to get that and like every movie now it comes out and then you can use this service called movies anywhere where you link up like amazon apple uh like all of them basically like voodoo and once you get a code from the blu-ray it unlocks it on all of them so even if i don't want to get the disc out i'll have it on the apple tv app and that's like really good streaming so yeah i'm a huge collector there and then on the game front i'm like no dude i I get that he's got to protect his job right like he's got to make people think that it's worth paying him a salary to you know (laughs) ubisoft plus or whatever it's called up and running which i didn't even know they had a service i was in the article about this like quote that the guy had and then there's like a hyperlink to ubisoft plus i'm like did someone just like assume this exists and then link to ubisoft's website i'm like (laughs) whoa it's like ea play it's like the same thing i was like this is crazy i i just don't they, they go so hard on the live service and, you know, making sure everything's a subscription, the always online. That's I, I, I like when they put out games like Prince of Persia or Assassin's Creed, uh, the new one, Mirage, where it's like, oh, this is just a game. And that they're like, we're giving this for our retro players. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's just so tone deaf to me, specifically with movies, though. That that always bugs me. And then I have to go to I had to go to Best Buy the other day and I saw them literally tearing down the 4K Blu-ray shelf. And I was like, oh, no. And then I looked it up and they're getting rid of movies at Best Buy. Oh, no. So oh, I'm, I'm just going to have to keep getting them on Amazon, I guess. But yeah, that, that yeah. bugs me. And then game in the UK is no longer going to be selling used games as well. Right. And then Walmart is getting rid of Xbox boxed games. So yeah. on Monday, I don't know when this comes out, but on Monday I saw that if you get lucky, you can get a get copy Starfield. of Starfield for three cents. Jeez. If sell it. <laughs> I'm going to try it's it. It's like they're damaging Worth it every out. penny. Yeah, yeah I'm oh, yeah, well going it. It's definitely worth three pennies. <laughs> yeah. I, easy. <laughs> the like computer shouldn't let you, but you know, like Walmart system is <laughs> like half broken. So like <clears throat> it works for a lot of people. That's wild. You know what's crazy though is that like that what we're like kind of barreling towards is not like an ideal situation. It's mm-hmm. like an apocalypse yeah. to me. Like mm-hmm. I was at home with my parents in Washington State, and when we just wanted to watch a Christmas movie or whatever, like having to go through all the various subscription services to try to find which one had that movie or whatever. Like yeah. we spent more time searching for the movies than we did watching the movies. Yep. And if we get to that point with games, you know, between all the different streaming services, that is not a world I want to live in. That's crazy. Yeah, so that's the... why I have a Plex server is because I don't want to have to deal with like where yeah, are I got to set one of those up to you. Like I'm, yeah. I'm at that point. The, for sure. um, so the, there's actually some interesting stuff on there. So there's two things that we have to talk about there is how uh, there's a bubble of CEOs who congregate 
and talk about things amongst themselves and they just go barrel assing down whatever road they all choose to go down because it seems like every one of these companies you look at nfts they all collectively made that mistake terribly uh mm. and they're just all just doing this type of thing but along that same line of like streaming service has made uh watching tv absolutely atrocious and it goes in line with uh, i didn't realize this but so Apple TV, which I don't use, but my brother uses, one of the features that I have is that you could just like talk into the stupid remote and say, uh, you know, whatever you want, because actually typing letters is atrocious on Apple TV. Oh, it's like so a bad. whole row that you have to like swipe the horizontal back. horizontal row. It's just <laughs> awful. So you're like almost forced to use the, the mic. It's like by design punishing you if you want to type something in. So one of the nice things about that, though, is that when you you speak and it gets it is it searches and it drills into the other subscription apps to get you where that is. However, I learned recently that Netflix pulled out of that system. They don't yeah. want people yep. being able to find whatever they want. They want them to hit Netflix's dashboard and then like have Netflix feed them whatever. Thousand percent. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's all of this crap of like everything that I hate. Uh, like I, I'm, I've like, Whenever I look at YouTube, I'm like, why is YouTube showing me this garbage? So I I went through, like, I, like, blasted my 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 personal YouTube stuff out, my search history and everything, just to, like, restart from scratch and, like, started, like, liking things that I think would, like, try to train the algorithm so it would feed me correctly. And every now and again, it just starts giving me this garbage. And I'm just like, what is this? Why do, why are people in, like, engaged in this? And I understand because they just they're just it's just what they're getting but all of these systems is like that whole ceo thing of like no, no no don't let people make choices we're going to make the choice for them and we're going to drive where things go and that's how everything is going and it's um you look at this this physical stuff and it's going along the same lines and it's like you know it's gonna happen i think nintendo i i feel nintendo's gonna be the last man standing here like the last hero of physical media <laughs> and sony will soon like sony's definitely like saying nothing right like they're watching like every like xbox burn is <laughs> like we got the same plans right yeah all right don't say anything just just watch them burn <laughs> for a while until we have to until we have to do this as well yep. um but yes it's kind of it is upsetting. I don't know about you guys, but like as stupid as it sounds, when Toys R Us was closing down, it, it felt like I was gutted a bit. I was like, "Oh, that sucks." <laughs> I liked going to Toys R Us. I liked yeah. like my son never really got a chance to do that. I I brought my son there, but he doesn't even remember when I gave him that opportunity. Like I was like, "Oh, pick out a game, buddy," and he's like, "No, I don't remember that." I was like, "Oh, damn." Like the only thing, my only hope right now for him, and it's kind of like a stupid thing, like really it doesn't matter. But like when the Super Switch comes out, I'm really hoping that we can do a midnight launch and we can get in line and get a Super Switch on launch day. Like I want nice. my son to have that opportunity. Yeah. Like that's probably the last time he's going to have that. I yeah. think we got we got one more generation of consoles before everything is just I mean, that's in the been, cloud. That's been saying that for a while, but like... I don't. I I think that this might be the last time we like line up at a store instead of it getting just shipped to us. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like that's the case because like I don't know when a midnight launch for anything is going to happen ever again. Really. Yeah. I have like <clears throat> there are so many thoughts from this thing, and first of all, the first thing that I have is that like we all know that the suits felt this way. I think the reason this was uh like a mild shock to me is because it's a mask off moment, right? Like 
the suits <laughs> yeah. the suits haven't talked about it out yeah. loud yeah but now right. here's a suit actually saying this out loud suit is just going to be how my shorthand right like we're talking about like the executives here not the game developers not like the artists things like that it's the people that run the companies yeah so that's my first thought and the second thought is like we talk about this divide between physical and digital because that's how we've been forced to divide it right like no one on this call would necessarily like you guys all mentioned plex servers and stuff like that We're, it's not necessarily that we need to have the physical it's that that is the only alternative right now to actually uh to to only having a license to a game as he puts it as all the people that are you know in the comments putting it right like you only if you buy digital you only have a license to a game um i think it's the former portal one of the former developers of portal chat chat falsec um, who has a video out and he talks about how like when I buy a game on Steam, I feel like I own it. I don't know if that's true, but I feel like I own it. And I think that's the case for a lot of people. We we might acknowledge that it's just a license, but like when I buy on Steam, I feel like I own it. And I hope that I have that forever, even though realistically I may not. Um, yeah, go ahead. So, well, I, I was just going to say <laughs> that um, as somebody like I don't buy physical games. I don't. Right. My Xbox and PlayStation, I have the disc versions of both of them because those were the ones that were available when I was able to find one because they were really hard to find. Mm -hmm. If if they, the Xbox Series X I got because it was more powerful, but the PlayStation, I would have gotten the discless version if that's the one that I could find because I don't care about me having access to physical media. And there's right. a lot of people out there that who are like me who don't care about access to physical media, but what they don't seem to understand is that not everybody thinks the same way that they do. I personally right. will take convenience over actually having the physical thing in my hand every single time, but just for game preservation, the idea that you know, owning your games is no longer going to be a thing and physical media is no longer going to be a thing. I think that that is, uh, it feels like a nail in the coffin to this industry the way that it is now. Like this is a turning point. It feels like, it feels like the negative equivalent of, uh, you know, the, inter the, the introduction of 3D to video games where everything before it, like you can definitely see the before and the after of 3D in video games. And at this point, I think that we're in a negative turn of the before and after for owning the games that you have spent money on. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best, it's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. 
find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Yeah. So um, uh, real quick. Uh, so there's two thoughts and I wanted to piggyback on what you were saying, Rich. But uh, th- one of the reasons I think Microsoft is, might be accelerating the idea of removing uh, physical media, especially if the game is going to be on Game Pass, is that if you take a look at it, and I've, I've sent this in our own chat stuff, any Game Pass game that is used on GameStop is cheap as dirt. So <clears throat> any of those games that are on Game Pass, technically someone could, if they wanted to, just be like, oh, that game is something I want to play on Game Pass. But I could also just buy it for like three bucks uh, at GameStop. Maybe I won't get Game Pass. I'll just buy this and just be satisfied with what I can get. That is a hindrance to people buying Game Pass subscriptions because now the physical media has replaced the need to get a monthly subscription, even for a short time. And that is a hindrance to them. So that is one thing that I personally always loved about physical media. And one of the reasons why during the PS4, it was amazing because like six months down the line, there would be like, you can get a, like Horizon was 20 bucks from $60. It went $60 or $20 in like six months. It's like, man, if I just wait like half a year, I can get this for 20 bucks. If I wait even longer, I'll get it for 10 or eight bucks. I got an Uncharted 4 for $8. So it's like, I always liked getting physical media just because the price on physical, for whatever reason, was always cheaper than digital, which makes no sense. So <laughs> from the CEO's position, I can see how they're losing money because they have to make the physical version of it. They have to allow the uh, the reseller to, to take a little slice of the cake. And they are also going to lose stuff when people are going to resell the game. So it's like a lose-lose-lose situation for any of these companies to produce physical media because they can't really control pricing all that much whenever it has to go on sale. The used game market disrupts things a lot. So there's lots of things where I can see CEOs that are now driving directors of subscriptions uh, to make (laughs) an actual role which never existed before. So yeah, this is a mask off moment that we're seeing. We're seeing CEOs making this entire role that never existed before. Um, Yeah, so you look at that whole physical media and how it relays to subscription. And that's how I have seen it, even though there has, you know, this is all speculation from my part. Yeah, I'll I'll add. Um, so first of all, hasn't existed before, right? It 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 also he probably not to any faults of his own, and not to anything that he said, he probably won't be in this position much longer. Like <laughs> I, I said that on Twitter, yeah, right. and I, I I don't mean any malice. I just mean yeah. who is subscribing to UB Plus? I know that uh, at least one person did comment and say that they are subscribed to UB Plus, but like Jimmy, you said it, like. Nobody knows Ubi Plus. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like we're tuned in. Like we we should know. Yeah, like, that's a failure right. of their marketing, a hundred percent at that point. Yeah. And like their games are like what Carrie uh, was just saying. Their games are cheap really quickly. Like I got the Crew Motorfest on PC when it came out, and uh, for my racing wheel, and I wanted to play it on my PS5 because they do a good job with your progress transferring no matter where you play. I love that. So I just grabbed it on the PlayStation store a couple months after it came out for 30 bucks. I got the like ultimate gold edition or whatever. So all my cars would transfer and yeah, like, I don't know. I I just, I'm not a streaming service person. I'd much rather own it, just have it on my shelf. I have a problem with movies where now if I'm going to get something when it's on sale on Amazon, I have to go look at my shelf to make sure I don't already have it because I have too (laughs) many movies, but you can, it's weird. You can game it a little bit like, with older horror movies, this company called Scream Factory puts out really good Blu-rays and they're rescanning all of the Halloween movies. For Friday the 13th, they were able to get all the rights and just do a huge box set where you got amazing art that all like, kind of lines up on the spines and it's cool, but because Halloween is so fragmented, 
segmented. They have to do it in collections of distributor. So like you oh. had to buy like Halloween one, two, and three in this nice box format, and then wait for them to do four, five, six, and then they did like. I bought those when they came out for full price, but then they did like uh resurrection H2O and then one, it might've been six resurrection H2O, which are not great. I was like, I'm not paying a hundred bucks for that. So I just waited until they went down to like 60 and I was like, okay, I'll get that, those 4k Blu-rays. But yeah, I never buy used movies that used movies have like a stank that used games don't. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just like, I'm like I'm not, I don't know. I'm not going to buy it used on Amazon. I'll just wait for it to go on sale. Like, I can watch it whenever I want. I can download it if I really need to. Yeah. Well, speaking of used stuff, um, Russ, you mentioned that you wanted to talk about uh, this on the show today, the MIG Switch. Um, yeah. So before before I tell people why I'm talking about this in the in the context of used stuff, Russ, can you tell everybody what MIG Switch is? Yeah, so Mix Switch is a flash cart for the Switch, basically, and it's very much in early stages. I don't plan on making any videos about it, at least not until the Switch is no longer the contemporary console for Nintendo. Like, I'm going to wait until later, you know. But yeah, the idea is you'll be able to put an SD card into this little flash cart, put that into your Nintendo Switch, and then play games on it. And to the point where it's tricking the Switch to think it's the actual game, so you'll be able to play online and stuff like that. And the, the thing about it is that it requires a, a unique identifier for that game. So for that cartridge, basically. So you have to dump your own game and then get that the, all that information. It's not just like a ROM, right? It's all the other metadata. And then load that up and then trick it into basically running it. So, so the issue and why it comes up with this whole used game thing is because, say you did that, say you got a Switch cartridge, you dumped it, you got all that data, you put it on your SD card, now you can play it. Well, you don't need that cartridge anymore, theoretically, so you can now head it over to GameStop and get your money back or whatever, right? But then if somebody else buys that used cartridge, they put it in their Switch just to play it like anybody else, if the other person and you are on, online at the same time, then both of your accounts could potentially get banned by Nintendo because you're basically gaming the system. So all of a sudden, somebody who bought a used game on GameStop is running a risk of getting their console banned from just buying a used game in general if somebody else has done something nefarious with it previously. And so that opens up a whole new world of thinking like, oh, crap, like, like should I just be buying new now? You know what I mean? To, to guarantee that my unique cartridge identifier is not compromised in some way. If I were, uh, if I were named Carrie... <laughs> I would have probably been standing in front of a bunch of strings on on the wall tacked together and turned around and talking about this like this, Nintendo invented this so that it would force people to not buy used games. Yeah, right. But, <laughs> you know, even like, yeah, that's funny Surprise. too because like Nintendo games don't even discount that much. That's like that's yeah. like a right. weird thing. Yeah, uh, they, they me... have that lockdown. Uh, yeah, so I'll, well, sorry, Jimmy. Uh, for me, the uh, the part here that gets me is maybe like the the whole part part of like buying a game, making a copy of it so you can have it on your mix switch, and then selling it. That is a way, but I think like GameFly is probably the like right. most value. Oh my uh, god, yeah, that's like I didn't the even most value. That. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be like I'm the most value. I'm writing all this down. No. <laughs> yeah, no, because uh, the problem here is that GameFly also sells their used games when they're done with it. Like when they don't need that many, they start selling those used games. Right. And now that this thing exists, I am no longer like looking because GameFly used sales have been pretty good, and not for nothing, the used versions are fantastic. Like it come the original box and whatever comes inside of it are pristine. I've gotten a number of used games from GameFly bought that were and great in person. 
And because but, it's a switch, you don't have to worry about the disc being all scratched up. It's a cartridge, so <laughs> like it's going to work. Yeah, but I right. mean, like, all, but I'm just talking about like the case, like the where they store that stuff, like all the accoutrement of the physical part of it is like great. Whereas if you get like a used thing from GameStop, the new tactic that I've been doing from buying used games on GameStop is I buy like four versions of it, and then I just make like one good copy and just so return smart. all the crap <laughs> to GameStop. You have to. Yeah, you, yeah, you're so terrible. Smart. They're you get little like dog bites in them and stuff, like with all the <laughs> right. holes through. I'd be like, oh man, because like, yeah. yeah, I used to have to get used games at GameStop in like high school when I had no money, or even a little bit into college, and I'd get like PS3 games left and right. And for some reason, PS3 people were like beating the shit out of their yeah. cases. It's crazy. It was so weird. Like they hated their games or something. <laughs> It'd be like a week after they came <laughs> out, you could get them for like fifty bucks and then use your like power up rewards credit so you could get it for like 45 or 40 and then it would already be destroyed and i'm like how like literally yeah. how it i would always be that guy i'm like hey uh can i just like swap this case for this case and i'll just move the the insert art to this one and they're just like looking at me they're like whatever <laughs> like cool thanks you could just this one's it. really trash yeah uh yeah I, I would be that guy um yeah so i not for nothing, but that was always there. But now it's going to be a thought in my mind, like, huh, did someone use the make switch copier to like get all, like the serial for this, which is unique, a uh, unique identifier for that particular yeah. part. Um, yeah, it's it's a worry. Um, and through like no fault of what Nintendo's going to be doing, they're just going to be, I'm sure they're just going to be blasting things because, you know, Nintendo, that's how Nintendo rolls. They're not going to like look at this as like, you know, like, well, let's be empathetic. It might be someone that bought the user. I was just like, ban them all. Just <laughs> like, kaboom, right. like, you know, uh, yeah, I don't, this is Do you, probably going to be a bloodbath. Theoretically, isn't that though a disincentive, right? For the, like, if I'm the, the dirty pirate that is going to copy from my mix switch and then sell it, doesn't that make me want to not sell it in the event that like I too will get banned? Right. If I'm right. informed so enough. Wolf will get banned. Yeah. Right. right. So, yeah. I, so the one caveat here of the MIG switch that I think is like, if you go back to like the nineties, when copying games used to be a thing, the, the, the legit wording that always would be there was like play backups of your games. Yeah. Um, and that was always like the, like, you know, backing up your own game is totally legal because you own it and you're just making a backup. Uh, and that's what, how they'd always frame it. Not like uh, they would not play copy. They would never have the word copy in right. the advertisement. And I feel like the mix switch is very much in a way you would only really want to make backups of your own stuff there anyway. So yeah. in a certain realm, I don't think that there's a lot of people that should actually com be complaining about this. If you look at it through the lens of someone I that agree. is looking to legitimately back up their own stuff, which is what everyone says that they're doing anyway. Uh, I mean, backing and... them up in the event that the like switch cartridge stops working, because like if it takes an SD card, wouldn't like, wouldn't not, is it literally just for convenience to have all of the games on your switch instead of having to bring the cartridges around with you? Right. Right. Because and the thing is, buy... it's not, yeah, oh, sorry. it's not even yeah, that convenient ahead. because the right. so say you put ten games on that SD card, you put it in that cartridge or the flash cart, and you put it in. You can't like there's no browser interface to yeah. choose between your ten games. You have oh. to put it in, eject it, then put it in again, yeah. and it'll cycle down to the next one. So if you want to play the tenth game in your list, you've got to eject it yeah. ten times mm -hmm. to <laughs> so get to like the tenth. Literally one. So it's not very convenient. Who just don't know that you can also just buy digital games on the Switch or something? Like... Right, or just you know jailbreak <laughs> so yours and then play. Eventually, it people yeah. are probably just hoping you'll be able to just pirate games and run off of it right like that's what they're crossing their fingers for 
Yeah, I think so. I, I guess like so. the what was the analog pocket <clears throat> shipped and it could only play cartridges, and then eventually it got updated and uh, you could put ROMs on there. Right. Yeah, I did yeah. that. It's awesome. I, I played Super Mario <laughs> World to completion. And it Backups was, it was of awesome. his own games, right. people. Yeah. I have Super Mario World. My grandpa gave it to me. I still have it. <laughs> that was now, I haven't watched any of the reviews. Just one last question. Are you? It's still not in a place, or I guess emulators aren't in a place yet, where you can take your backup from the MIG switch and then like play that somehow in an emulator. Is that possible yet? Well, I mean the because uh, it's gonna it dumps your ROM, so you're gonna have your XCI file with the same thing as you. Oh, would so use it is an XCI file. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, but then right. it has like three additional like metadata files. That okay, are gonna be your cartridge I didn't realize that. Okay, cool. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it it will allow you to dump it, and so if you wanted to dump like because right now if you want to dump your game and then play it like on an emulator you need a jailbroken switch Got this it. would bypass that so that would be actually one of the things you know spend 60 dollars, get this thing be able to dump all of your games and then also be able to use them in an emulator and not have to worry about all the other nefarious things that come with jailbreaking that for me is stuff. is a helpful use case right like I, yeah right like there are a lot of people that for a fact right there are a lot of people that will buy the game and then download the ROM so they could play it. Yeah, yeah. And, I yeah. would. I wouldn't say there's a lot of people. I, there's, I know. There's... I know that you guys do. I, I just buy the games. I don't bother playing mm -hmm. the ROMs because I'll just play on my Switch. But yeah. I would say that the number of people who are doing what you do and what Russ does, where you're buying the game and then playing the ROM that you downloaded off the internet because you want to play it on a different device, that is a minuscule number of people. Most people a lot are straight up thieves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so if you're I, you a know, thief and sold... you're mad at me for saying so, and the, yell at me in the comments down below, I don't care. Stop. <laughs> yeah, you can only be mad if you're actually a thief. Yes. Right. So if they sold just a little doodad, a little gadget where you could, it was a cartridge jumper, basically, I'd pay a hundred bucks for that. That'd, that'd yeah, make I would it so too. much more convenient. You know, yeah. that'd be great. That's been the barrier for me from doing what you guys are doing. Is like I just don't. I know I could figure it out. I just haven't had the like willpower to do it. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Conven convenience uh, over. Did Carrie just vanish? I'm here. I'm just looking oh, for. He's, he's searching oh, for some okay. random device. He'll grab something. It's right, right here. Above. It's right here. <laughs> Wait. Let me um, hand you something there, Rich. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> all right. Let me uh, just, it, so, like, going along those lines, like, I do buy all like the special edition stuff, but I I mm. like keeping them unopened. So through that method like yeah. I, not having to open it mm -hmm. uh like complete in box never open type of stuff <clears throat> as the collector part of me that this is mm -hmm. like a sickness part of things i have a lot <laughs> of unopened switch games right like a lot of unopened switch games so the yeah. idea is that i can buy them and then not even have to open them and uh still just get the rom is is something that i i do enjoy yeah the thumbnail for this video includes an unopened uh an Assassin's. unopened version of uh, Assassin's Creed that I never played on my PS4. It's just been sitting on my shelf for years. Um, don't tell my just wife. Just gave up. <laughs> I just never got around to it. Uh, all right. So, you know, I, I personally love the idea that the that this company is making a way for people to back up their games. There are going to be people who use it for nefarious things, but that doesn't mean it shouldn't exist. Um, I think that this thing does more good than it does harm because being able to back up your games without having to go out onto um less than reputable websites and download stuff that you don't really know is going to happen to your computer i think that that's great 
I'm not going to do it because it's too much work. And I'm and I'll just buy the games and play them on my Switch. That sounds fair. All right. Well said. Uh Xbox had their developer direct. Um so obviously we'll talk about Indiana Jones last. Oh yeah, baby. Um let's <laughs> let's start off with uh Hellblade 2. I know that actually no, Avowed. I want to start with Avowed. I think that game looks real bad. Okay. I I love the idea of it, but the combat looked bad. Did I, did I not am I the only one that thought that the combat looked really like Lucy Goosey? It just didn't feel right when I was watching it. It looked very sky it looked very Elder Scrolls like. Okay. I don't like that pause when the sword connects. Hellblade does it too. Where like when the sword hits the person, it doesn't actually go into them because like, you know, you can't like chop people up in this T rated game or whatever, but like I, I don't like that one frame pause where the sword like connects and then stops and then keeps going. That was bugging me. I think this game kind of got cursed for me with its original announcement, like the darker tone it had. And right. I was like, Ooh, this is cool. This is interesting. And then it's like the second time it shows up, it's this colorful, you know, vibrant world. That's very like oblivion esque to me. And this was more of that, but I love that key art that they put out that everyone's making their background. Yeah. With, like the cool skeleton guy. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. sweet. that's like my favorite thing about, the whole announcement or whatever, the whole trailer. I was like, that art is very good. They should give that person a raise. I hope I'm uh, wrong. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So I've been looking forward to Avowed since the initial trailer that was very dark when you saw like that, that thing where they went down deep. <clears throat> and then you see him bring up like the sword and just one he has his hand like with magic or something, yeah. right? He has a sword. <laughs> He's like dual wielding that. And I was like, oh, sick. Uh, so I've been looking forward to Avowed for a while. I thought that it was going to take longer to come out. Did I say 2024? I should check my receipts. I might have said 2024 because there's in 2020 that we saw it, I believe. Or 2019. There was some date that we saw this and I was like, oh, well, that game's not coming out for like four During or five years. During that Halo reveal, that was like yeah. a disaster. Yeah. So, so that was probably 2020. Uh, so Avowed was like a big title for me that I was looking forward to. And it's like there's certain games that come out like Below. Below was a game that when it was like on 2013 for the Xbox One, when that was like one of the, like the launch trailers for that game, that game took forever to come out too, which I don't know why it did. But like that was a game that I was looking forward to for a while. But Avowed is a game that I've been looking forward to and looking at it, the latest gameplay stuff, I am still excited and I am kind of hopeful based on what it is and my speculation of what it is that I don't even anticipate it being very long. Um, so I'm hopeful that it's going to be just the game that is, you know, just got meat on the bone and not a bunch of filler anywhere and you can just get through it and dual wielding wands sounds really cool. And I want to know what, what more is involved there. So yeah, overall, 
the combat system is something like how Elder Scrolls is. Like Oblivion and Skyrim are kind of crappy like combat systems. Like when you're doing it, it's kind of like you're disconnected from what's going on. You're kind of just like slicing right. through stuff and there it's there but it's more like your imagination has to do some work to like actually fill in the gaps the one thing that was nice with skyrim did was that they had like kill cam stuff that would happen like if your guy would do something and then he would like do like a spin attack and whatnot which was cool um but largely this looks like something that is straight oblivion um it so from that too. angle i'm fine with it i'll and say you this. know what that's a really good point those games don't look good to watch but they feel good to play. Yeah. And I feel like this might fall in that same category. What were you saying, Rich? I'll say this. I didn't get to see the <clears throat> developer direct. I was on a road trip. Um, I didn't get to see the trailer. I didn't watch it. Um, but I am big on like pedigree, right? And this Obsidian, like they haven't missed, it looks like in a while. Tyranny, Pillars of Eternity 2, The Outer Worlds, Grounded and Pentiment. Like not all of those are blockbuster hits, but all of those have really good like user reviews on Steam. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't expect them to miss on so the next one. There's a part of speculation for me that happens here, and this was news that we got like just a month or so ago. Um, was Obsidian actually when Bethesda was bought by Microsoft, Obsidian was like, Hey, can we like make a Elder Scrolls a Fallout game? And Bethesda was like, No, go away. And they were like, oh, we'll show you. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. We avow to show you what's going to happen. <laughs> we shall be avowed. And and they do that a lot, right? Like, um, same, the Outer Worlds, right? Like, isn't that basically Fallout? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's more, it's it sells you on it being that, but it's right. much more dialogue driven. Like, the combat is like the lowest tiered focus of that game mm. which like for me when i play fallout i'm like one of the weirdos who's like i just want to walk around and shoot stuff and loot and everything i don't yeah. care so much about the like uh, new vegas style dialogue like i love new vegas for like what it offers but i love the exploration in four and you just don't really get that in the outer worlds because it's so segmented into like smaller maps versus you know, like a big world you know yeah. what's f funny about that is like i i am i'm the same as you jimmy where i Initially, when I play a game, I don't care about your lore. I care zero about your lore. You may, like, love your lore, and you may, like, be super fascinated, you game devs. But for me, this game <laughs> better play well and be fun to play. But I have this, like, like relationship with the game where if I love the game a, a lot, all of a sudden, I'll care deeply about the lore. And then yeah. I'll start, mm -hmm. like, really getting into it. So, like, for Halo, I just played through it and then started, like, oh, let me read the lore. And it's just, like, you know, really just Space Bible uh, so it's not super great story, but I still yeah. like it. I read the books and then they were like retconning the books and it, the story of Halo has been just like torn asunder and I no longer care about it. Uh, but Fallout, I'm more interested in now that the TV show is going to be coming out. So like Avowed is this type of situation where, yeah, yeah, okay, this is like Pillars and all that other stuff, great. But it's got to be fun. And if it's not fun, I'm not going to care about your lore. Lore's not going to make me, like, hate play a game all the way through and just be like, oh, so that's what happened. Like, I'm not going to yeah. do that. <laughs> like, it's got to be right, good though, for us. What about their pedigree? And people really like the dialogue in The Outer Worlds. The second expansion is, like, yeah. a murder mystery. And the dialogue, like, totally makes that a way better experience than, like, just a random DLC. Like, just being able to talk to everyone and have them all feel like distinct characters. That They do it better than anybody. 
So that'll probably work its way into Avowed, I would guess, especially because the budget is supposedly bigger than the Outer Worlds. And they spent a lot of time in that that trailer, like in dialogue trees, where they yeah. were like oh. talking to that that dude about, hey, um, you know, you know, you had uh, choices to make about whether or not you were gonna, uh, you know, this guy, whether or not he deserted his team or something like that. I can't really remember. So that is one part that I will like if anyone like that whole segment there was weak, and the only reason it was weak was the voice, the VO did not match that guy's face at all like I'm, he's like he's like a blue dude with like spiked teeth and he's like hey how's it going <laughs> you know like, like whoa the whiplash of like hearing it's like his the star voice. wars effect yeah it's just it there's a bad whiplash there and i saw some people tweeting about it and i was like yeah i have to agree the voice doesn't match th- that dude at all um it's a good game pass game like that'll keep people engaged for probably a month or two right like they want to get mm-hmm. the quarterly releases out where yeah they keep people engaged while the, the game is like out and then the next one's being cooked and then right when the engagement starts to drop they release like hellblade or whatever so it, it feels perfect for game pass yeah and speaking of hellblade i know russ you've been really looking forward to hellblade 2 you've been talking about it i think i think i ask you like what are you looking forward to and hellblade 2 comes yeah. up a lot i never yeah, played I'm a huge the fan first of one theory so. say again I'm a huge fan of Ninja Theory, so their their development studio, gotcha. like everything they've made, is like top tier games for me. So. Yeah, you and I are like the opposite on this. Like, you didn't like Hellblade One, but you love Ninja Theory, so you're looking forward to to Hellblade Two. I didn't like any of the Ninja Theory games except Hellblade Two. I mean, oh except gosh. Hellblade, and so I'm really looking forward to Hellblade Two. <laughs> So, Wait, did you play Enslaved? Did we already talked about Enslaved? No, I didn't play Enslaved. Oh I, my I was turned that's, off. That's their best game, like hundred yeah. percent. I so was turned good. off pretty quickly by Heavenly Sword, and that that colored me a lot. Like I played Heavenly mm. Sword, and I'm like, this is no Devil May Cry. Like I don't know why I was stuck to Devil yeah. May Cry. Did you get hyped up for it? Because they were like hyping yes, that game up. Yes, like I, think I was like really young, but it wasn't all my just, friends were like huge on that game. It wasn't just them that were hyping it up. Um, Carrie, I don't know if this happened to you on, on NeoGAF, but it happened to me on another forum where, like, all the Sony people were, like, they were crazy about Heavenly Sword. They're like, it's so good. And I'm, and then I finally played it. I'm like, this is this is not good. This yeah, is, yeah, not good. I don't like this. You know, the, the first four years of the PS3 was really rough uh, because they didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. Like, they had nothing. <laughs> yeah. So, like, hey, there was that old NeoGAF thing. And I, I always ragged on, on the PS3. I mean, it was a garbage console. But, like, the people that were hopeful that it would be good <laughs> at something was hilarious. And also them defending the DualShock 3 was always a fun little gag. But uh, the the part of, like, Heavenly Sword coming out, I was looking at that game like, that's your hope, guys? Oh, boy. That's going to be that's gonna be bad. Uh, I really enjoyed the PS3. But you're right. Those first few years, for me, were really six rough. Axis do, do you ever see on What's that, Jimmy? The six axis era. Of, yes, like, the right six when axis they era. The, they were like yes. saving the Dual Shock Three. Like right when that law, lawsuit ended and they could do the Dual Shock Three, that's when yeah. they started like really cooking. Yes. The the um the funny uh like little comic strip that I think was on NeoGaf or originated from there or at least was posted there heavily was like you'd see a guy he'd have like PS3 in his shirt and he'd be talking to a girl and the girl would be like ugh and then the next frame was PS3 has no game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's like, yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a great uh, Blu-ray. Anyway, yeah, I am looking forward to Hellblade too. I think that uh, it looks amazing. Yeah, there's mechanics for Hellblade just are annoying to me. Like it feels like a fetch quest game in some ways, and like it feels like a game that should be four hours, but it takes eight hours, mm-hmm. and I, I just don't like that. That's the so. thing that a lot of people I felt were like uh, just dunking on it. They're like, "Oh my god, it's shorter than Hellblade One. Hellblade One was already shorter." And I'm like, "Dude, if it's four hours or six hours, that's great." And I don't know where this. I don't know why people bag on short games so much, or I can't understand, at least because Hellblade 2 has been in development for so long, but we don't know what has happened in in the previous amount, uh, like, you know, during COVID and what, how they were impacted during that time. But like the whole bit of like AAA games should be 20 hour minimum affairs is like something I don't like at all. uh, And I I wish would stop happening. Uh, So eight, six to eight hour games are something that I really appreciate. I was uh, listening to the John Campia show, which is a movie podcast um, while I was cleaning my office or something. And he was talking about like the length of movies or whatever. I think they were talking about Madam Web or something is going to be like the longest of the Sony Marvel movies. Right. And Mm -hmm. he and he he said something like, uh, you know, there is no perfect length of a movie. Um movies can be long and movies can be short and a mo- you can have a movie that's too long and you can have a movie that's too short and you can also have movies that are exactly the right length and i feel like that's that that analogy works for games perfectly it does games mm-hmm. need to deliver on whatever it is that they promise and then shut the hell up and stop trying to pad pad yeah. out with 800 hours of content that like my my buddy's always telling me bill you got to play the witcher 3 it's 300 hours i'm like i don't want 300 hours i don't have time for 300 hours of gameplay no thank you and then he's like and the dlc is another 200 hours i'm like i were you not listening i can't play games like that i don't have that kind of attention span yeah the 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 part of this that needs to like be uh like kind of really talked about is when they say 300 hours of gameplay, it's worthwhile gameplay. If it's if it's not like like it's just you're it's going to take you 300 hours to complete this. Like, well, is all of that like top shelf good stuff? Then amazing. But if it's like I have to run over there and then run all the way back for no reason, then none of that, please. <laughs> I'll run there and instantly right. come back to where I need to be. Um, which is fun, you know, like, uh, all the new latest designs, Skyrim started doing that. When you go into like a dungeon, you'd go into a dungeon and as you're going through it, you find out that there's a trap door that you can open that gets you right yeah, out to right the end of the, the dungeon. End. Yeah. And I was like, that's nice. Thanks guys. That's, I appreciate that. I didn't want to have to go all the way back. I know that's realistic. And on paper, that sounds really good, but on EverQuest, they had a real time boat. So if you miss the boat to the other continent, you'd have to wait 40 minutes. So everyone would just do like slash yell, like the boat's here. And you're like, <laughs> get there. Else I'm not going to get to the other continent. or I have to pay some wizard or druid to teleport me over there. Yeah. I think, you know, the thing that a lot, some like Spider-Man does really well, for example, is that you just have to make the movement actually fun like you have to do that mm-hmm. you have to work mm-hmm. on that loop to make that actually fun because like i never fast travel in spider-man and i know there are a lot of people that like will even say that that's the wrong way to play spider-man i never do it and it's because just getting around the city is really fun yeah when they when they added that glide almost flying mechanic to it mm-hmm. it's like oh, okay well this, if i can get there super fast 
I'll do that. That's fine. That that's that'll I'll do that. But yeah, yeah a, a quick travel is a uh, as an I, I appreciate the feature, but if you lean on that as a means of like just yeah. getting through the crud, that's a bad design choice. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a balance. I mean, Starfield is all quick travel. Yeah, yeah. But then something like Horizon games are actually do a really good job where, uh, yes, you can use like the campfires to jump from one place to the next, but it doesn't take that long to basically run across the entire continent either. And you can like shoot turkeys on the way. And so I don't mind like playing Horizon in that way. Um, just uh, it just depends on if I want to spend, you know, five minutes like running or 30 seconds to find the nearest campsite. And so I think they, they've done a really good job of that as well. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of grind, Visions of Mana, that was the surprise game in the uh, developer direct. I'm sure that I've never played a Mana game. Like, I just, when those were, first off, that there's 17 of them, I had no idea. Like, that shocked me when he said that. He was like, there's seven, this is the 17th one. And I was, I was like, are you serious? Uh, so I, I feel like I've missed out on a lot. Um, have any of you guys played a bunch of the mana games i played one and just, two just secret for me yeah so uh, yeah just super Nintendo. Carrie, when you say one and two uh what is that is that the, like yeah go ahead the u.s version is called final fantasy adventure or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay so uh i that one's on game boy game boy original game boy yeah i may have played that also it's pretty good yeah. it's it's yeah. actually pretty pretty good um secret of mana is also okay and it's uh, it's an action RPG, much like how the first one is, and they um, they do a pretty good job. Secret of Mana three, I play the translated version a little bit, but never actually got fully into it. Uh, and those are the only ones that I played. But I, I've completed, or almost completed, the first one and fully completed the second one. And um, this is still in the era of you know '90s JRPGs. So they were mm -hmm. still in that world of like, well, if you want the best weapon, you're going to have to grind for about 3,000 hours and fight the same thing a zillion times. I hope you enjoy that. And I was like, nah, I won't do that. I'll just finish no. the game. And uh, it's okay. It's it's not bad. That's fair. I really enjoyed it at the time. I don't know if I would enjoy it now, but I really enjoyed Secret of Mana when it first came out. I played Secret of Mana first through Blockbuster, which is how I played most of the JRPGs that I played was I rent them. And then I would have like a bunch of people's other people's saved games. And I would, you know, like, oh, man, who, who's the right delete? I have to delete someone that doesn't have a lot of progress. And I would go through it. I know a friend of mine that was like, oh, I just delete all of them. I was like, oh. <laughs> just like how bless you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I get a new friend. I guess sounds yeah. like a jerk. <laughs> uh, but I would periodically in Secret Mana just because I wouldn't have it long enough to like do anything. And then when I would like play other people's save games, they had like the little um, the Karate Kid three uh, thing that like the drum, the Japanese drum thing. Oh. Um, you have that, and it summons this dragon, and then go to like mode seven uh, for Super Nintendo. And I was like, wow. man, when do you get this? This is awesome. And I would just keep on playing. Eventually, when I played through the game on um, one of these like retro handheld things with uh, retro achievements, I finally got it and I, I enjoyed it a bunch. It, there's parts of it that are are pretty cool. Uh, the the main mechanic, well, the main mechanic from part two was that there's three people that you can kind of s swap through, and the AI was pretty bad, and sometimes you'd have to just swap to them just because of line. They would not figure out how to like travel to you, so you'd have to like untie the knot of that the first one you're just playing by yourself and it's largely just like a cool action rpg with loot-esque type of stuff everyone has their own aligned sword crossbow whip 
whatever. Um, and that, that's all it is. It's kind of a, I, don't, I would probably say a simplified action RPG. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And I think the fact that this is like the 17th, I don't know, that says something, right? Like we went that's like, surprising to me because we cared, <clears throat> we cared about secret of mana. I know that there was a big, like underground, like care about, uh, second that said, so three, the, the sequel to secret of mana. Yep. And then there was like a little bit of love for one of those PS one mana games, but we haven't heard about <laughs> mana since then really. No. And, and now all of a sudden visions of mana. So I don't know. I, I don't, I hope it's good. If it's good, I'm going to be interested. But as of right now, I'm not terribly interested in this. I think it's, it's not good that me. we have a jumping in spot. Yeah. You know, like the there's been so many games with the word mana in it, and it's got something else like attached to it. Like there's a couple Switch games and stuff, and I'm like, I don't know where to start with any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. This just seems like it's like okay, if I want to try a new mana game, this is the one to get. And yeah. so I like that idea that they've kind of just simplified the whole platform. They're like, this is the first mainline one in 15 years, so you know, it, it just it makes it more less intimidating, if anything. Yeah. Yeah. And Jimmy, you it's said like it's the Monster Hunter games. Like, I don't know what Monster Hunter game to play with. They got all these yeah. whatever, Rise, World, like Rise. XYZ. Yeah. <laughs> Rise is the easy one to get into. Okay. See, I didn't even know that. Yeah. So if Visions of Mana is the rise of Mana, then I'm, I'm here for it. Then it's good. Yeah. There, yeah, pro there probably exactly. is a version called Rise of Mana, and now there's going to be a bunch of confused people out there because of their horrible yeah. naming what? structure. Say what like, you want no, about Richard. Final Fantasy, but at least you know which, which order they go in. Dude, there is a Rise of Mana. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I was joking. I did not know that there actually was. Okay. Holy crap. Uh, next up on, the, on the, the, the developer direct, we have Ara History Untold, which is a 4X game which normally I'm not interested in, but this one has simultaneous turns. Mm. So it's not a real-time game, but everybody chooses what they're going to do, and then the game does, does what everybody does at the same time, which is not something that you usually see in these kind of games. I find that super interesting. I was really disappointed that this is PC only, so can't really play it on... A controller they never showed a controller interface and i'm a controller guy so i probably won't be playing this but i thought it looked really cool anybody interested in this 4x game i am is so is that sorry i i kind of blanked a little bit as you were explaining that is that like cooperative is like everybody's in the same no, no well you all of, live in the same world and then you're trying the, to take it over think of civilization so like mm -hmm. civ 4 civ 5 but you know when you click a turn that's just your turn Mm -hmm. uh, when you click next turn, everyone made a move and everyone moves completes at the same time. That's pretty which, sick. Yeah. So it's, it's nice. I like that change only because when you play the computer on like Civ four and Civ five, I feel like it's like unfair because I make a move and then the computer's like, well, let me make all of the correct moves and then yeah. you can make your dumb move. And then I'll make all of the correct moves. <laughs> and it's like I'm playing some grand champion of civilization. And I just get I just get wrecked really bad. And no matter which way I've played that game, I've tried playing like the hardest difficulty, like short, small continent, and just tried like like rushing the computer to like trying to beat them, and I still can't win. And it's like, how are where in the world did you have the time to get chariots? Like I don't even know. Like, I'm just running to you, and you already are in the Bronze Age. How did that happen? That's funny. Well, this game has, like, all the crazy, like, it's got 
you start off obviously as dudes with sticks and rocks, right? Yeah. But then you can get like mechs. Uh, wow. It's like the whole progression. And the idea that everybody goes at the same time means that a lot of times when I've played these kind of games, like I take my turn and then I got to sit around for five minutes waiting for the other person to go. <laughs> and then they have to sit around for five minutes. And so nobody ever finishes a game Yeah, with this everybody's always doing something you are either planning your move or you're watching that move uh, happen and that just seems really compelling to me um i i always thought that these games should have a you remember when there was that brief moment when uh tablets started coming out like they just started coming out like the ipad just came out and the idea of like a companion device for a console or whatever or a companion for a a game came out I always feel like 4X games fit naturally into that realm of like, you know, there's people that play chess by mail. There's people like, you know, I'll Mm -hmm. send out my move and you wait to get it and then you send me your thing. And I feel like a 4X game can totally be a game that you can play asynchronously and just use a phone or a tablet to kind of assist in playing with your buddies or whoever while you're not at your computer with you when you have all the whiz bang stuff that you can go through mm. but like you can make some like quick action stuff on your phone when it's your turn right like give them the opportunity to make whatever turn they're going to make and you can get to it when you get to it it just seems like it's a there's an allowance for that in this in this series of games and i've never really seen that availability yeah i think i i think that that's a really good point um we are running long, so we really got to wrap up, but uh, we cannot get out of here without talking about Indiana freaking Jones because that game looks awesome. I am very hyped. I cannot believe that that's not Harrison Ford. Uh, it sounds just <laughs> like him. Like, whoever that, that crazy. is. I, I know a lot of people said it was <laughs> Troy Baker or something. I don't know who it is, um, but he sounds just like him. This game looks fantastic. It's First off, there's a lot of controversy over first-person versus third-person. This is a first-person game unless you're, like, climbing on stuff, in which case then it switches to third-person for certain things like that. Um, Jimmy, what do you think about that? Uh, I Like, I love it. I'm totally down for first-person. I was kind of worried when I saw Blade get announced and then that's going to be third person. I was like, Oh, maybe there's some mandate that when they make like IP superhero Cape shit games, they got to <laughs> go to third person. So I was like, oh, I guess Indiana Jones is going to be third person, but then seeing machine games kind of doing what they do, just like a really cool first person game with a lot of like combat opportunities and stuff like that. I was totally sold. And it looks like the camera pulls out for like canned animations, like climbing the whip and things like that. So it's like a little bit of a split that, wasn't even an issue for me but i knew as soon as it was in first person that was going to be the talking point and it kind of gives them a defense against like everyone saying that it's just worse uncharted or whatever or worse tomb raider it's like doing something different even though uncharted you know and tomb raider to some extent are just kind of like derivative of indiana jones mm-hmm. like people would have that argument to make and now they kind of don't so it's it's nice to see that xbox has a game that is getting you were talking about john campea earlier i saw him being like i don't want to buy an xbox i want this on playstation (laughs) it's like when you have people saying that that's good for xbox that means they're doing something right so yeah i'm just i'm excited the graphics look good to me i know some people are upset about them because they've taken so long to make the game but i'm just happy it's running on id tech so it's going to run right on pc most likely when it comes out and yes indeed every every checkbox is making me happy with it 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Yeah, the, the graphics one was was always a weird one to me. Like They're like, oh, those graphics look like they're straight from 360. And I'm like, oh. Who's saying that? Uh, I thought it looked great. There's people that say it. Well, those yep. people need glasses. There are also people <clears throat> that are surprised that um, India is killing Nazis in this game. So that was also what? a surprise in World War uh, Wolfenstein Two, <laughs> right? Wolfenstein, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wolfenstein yeah. Two is like, well, why is he? Why is all the Nazi killing happening? This like, uh... <laughs> there's like three factions in this Indiana Jones game. He's going to Japan too, so there's gonna yeah. be a lot, a lot of killing. <laughs> the, the the interesting, like when Wolfenstein Two came out. It seems like, you know, whoever was like in like like dialed in and saw the controversy, they were like, Man, they should make an Indiana Jones game. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Great idea. I yeah. love it. Uh, I'm, I do I'm have super... some Go ahead, reservations Russ. about the it being first person in that it seems like there are some like kind of stealthy elements to it, like you're sneaking around like a dick site or whatever you know and i always have a hard time playing stealth with first person because i always feel like i never know where i actually am standing like my sense of space is always a <laughs> yeah. little bit off you know mm -hmm. compared to a third person where i can see my feet that kind of thing so i, I have a couple hesitations about that like i i never like enjoyed the dishonored games for example because i never felt like i was really in it you know um so who knows but uh, that's just my one reservation about it is that i hope that they pull off that first person kind of stealthy mechanic uh off a little bit better Thief did yeah, it well. and they they showed a lot of stuff mm -hmm. where yeah, it was like you can go after this with like combat. You can go in with your guns, uh, or you can you can throw some some punches and use your whip, or you can be a sneaky guy. And I thought all of that right. looked really interesting to me, and it, I, it means that I have a different way to like I play it and you play it, and we might have different things, different ways that we approach the situation. I really enjoyed the whole whip uh, segments and the punching segments, but. I liked both of those for different reasons. Like the whip segment, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I hope there's like some interesting mechanics around there, like pulling guns away or, uh, you know, just the object manipulation cool. with the whip. Uh, and then also the punching. The only reason I like the punching part of it is because Indiana Jones punching is just always over the top hammy. Like, whoosh, like it is like that sound effect of like mm -hmm. when yeah. Indy punches someone. Oh my God, someone, the Wilhelm just, screen. Yeah, that was also in there. Yeah. That was also in there. They're like, yes. Uh, so yeah, there's lots of parts of Indiana Jones that it's funny, right? Because you look at Tomb Raider and you look at Uncharted and all these games are basically using the Indiana Jones formula and just putting that in another game. And we finally have Indiana Jones just doing that. So, uh, it's a return to form. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it and it's coming out this year. I can't remember. They told us the date, didn't they? No, just 2024. Yeah. Oh, okay. They told us the date of the other, of the other games. So... I just assumed that they had for that one. 
Uh, I think it looks great. I can't wait for it. I think that it's. Uh, I think that we've got. Boy, I hope it doesn't fall on its face. That's all I want. I know that there's yeah. going to be a lot of weirdos out there that are like, I hope it's bad because they're weirdos. Um, I hope that this game is fantastic. And then I hope that they port it to the PlayStation so John Campia doesn't have to buy an Xbox. But I know that that <laughs> won't happen because, um, you know, exclusives got an exclusive. Uh, but anyway, I think That's that those what the games Steam Deck look great. Is for. Uh, yeah, you can just play it on the Steam Deck if if uh, if you don't have an Xbox. Uh, you can play it on your computer because uh, all of these games are coming to PC as well. So, uh, and and Microsoft has been really good about bringing their games to Steam. Uh, so, like we we even already have a wish list this game on Steam for Ara History Untold. Um, they don't have one of those for Indiana Jones yet, but but there don't you they? have it. Um, well, I'm looking at the Xbox website, and it doesn't say it anywhere, but that doesn't mean that it's not, that it doesn't exist. I just didn't go into yeah. Steam to go looking. Yeah, I think I'm checking. The great, right. Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. Yeah, yeah. okay. It's yep. there. It is, cool. Okay, so there you go. It's going to be on Steam. You're going to be able to play it on your Steam Deck, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to yeah. be really, really fantastic. Man, we had so many other stories to get to in the show notes, and we just can't <laughs> this week, guys, so... Uh, Jimmy, thank you so much for joining us. Tell everybody about like what videos do you have coming up soon? I've got a couple in the bank, just like regular news videos, but I bought a Legion Go on Friday, and I've been messing around with that a little bit this weekend. And me and Rich were talking earlier about boomer shooters, and I'm like consistently impressed with that handheld uh, as someone who's like a diehard Steam Deck guy. And then I got the Ioneo Slide, and I'm a little mm. less impressed with that. Like the T-Mobile sidekick action is cool. It brings me back <laughs> to like middle school. But, you know, outside of that, I'm like, okay, it's it's another one of these. Um, but yeah, and then on PS Ready, just same old news every three times a week, keeping it locked there. And then I just posted on my main channel uh, an update on the Halloween franchise. Like there's rumors about a sequel to Halloween 4 happening. And there's some nice. leaks around the miramax cinematic halloween universe that's coming up where they're doing a movie and a tv show so i'm excited about that and what's that channel just my name jimmy champagne all right i made that one so long ago (laughs) yeah i'll leave a link in the description so people can find it rich what have you been working on man or what's Uh, coming not much yeah so i like i mentioned i had a road trip so i had like personal stuff uh this week so uh i haven't had a chance to work on a video so yeah I'll have I'll be working on stuff this week and uh, we'll see what comes out next. All right, Carrie, what's next? Uh, so I, I had done a lot of work on the King Kong Three Max uh, Gilly Kit controller. Uh, I need to get that done today. I want to have that done tomorrow, but uh, I've just been super busy with my real life job. Um, and there's some other videos that I got to do, especially because I have some stuff coming in. So I, I I've been behind and I need to do better. <laughs> Uh, we all need to do better at certain things. Don't don't be down on yourself, man. Russ, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. What's new? So, uh, I I just finished a video on this little guy, the GKD Pixel. It's a nice little device. Runs up to PS One. It's kind of like a Mio Mini alternative. 
Uh, it's made out of metal. And so I just finished that video yesterday, and I don't know what I'm going to work on next. I got I have so many things that I'm just kind of slowly working on. I have the AOK Zoe A2, which is like their next 7840U handheld. But the, in, they, they sent it to me so late, the Indiegogo campaign like ends today. So I don't have enough time to make it before that ends, obviously. Uh, so that kind of took the wind out of my sails of whether or not I want to rush to get this video out when it's not going to be available for sale anyway. And so... I'm still kind of thinking through that one, and then I've got a couple other. I got that Gilly Kit controller, um, and a couple others that I'm working on. So yeah, lots of things going on. Very cool. Um, I have a new video on my. I actually I put out three videos this week on this channel, and I have a new video that I just put out yesterday on my new channel. Uh, it's about like the stuff that I use for podcasting and stuff like that. So you guys, I'll leave a link down below for that. And uh, I'm sure that you guys have already seen the other videos that I posted. So thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, this was a long episode, but I think it was really fun. And we had a lot of, a, a lot of fun conversations. And uh, until next time, stay rad, everybody. All right. And I'm going to hit stop now.